The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTOT Tuesday edition. Some of the things we didn't get to during Tuesday's edition of Pro Football Talk Live. And Chris Sims, we're going to get right into it. And some nuts and bolts here, some things that I think are going to be very intriguing for the fantasy football crowd. Jordan Howard, a guy who has had three good seasons in the NFL, but he came the odd man out in Chicago. They gave him away to the Eagles, which tells me there wasn't much of a market for him at all, but he's very enthused by the offense in Philadelphia. He says that already the Eagles are allowing him to do more, show off more of my game instead of being one-dimensional right. like Chicago had. I mean, now the Bears with Tariq Cohen, they didn't need to have Jordan Howard do anything other than run the football, but the Eagles in that offense that values running and pass catching looks like Jordan Howard having more of a role. The real question is, Will they be using two, three tailbacks, or will they allow one guy to blossom into kind of a workhorse for Philadelphia? Because even though Jordan Howard may be doing more, he may not be on the field anymore right. than he was in Chicago. But Mike, that's the big question. You know, they're similar offenses, the Bears uh, and the, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Part of that Andy Reid system. Uh, to what you're saying, with Chicago, though, when Jordan Howard was there, they had their defined roles. Tariq Cohn was kind of the screen guy, the pass game guy, you know, the outside on the edge type of runs. That's Tariq Cohn was in the game. Now, when they wanted to go to the traditional between the tackles type running game, Jordan Howard is in the game. You know, they play those roles in Chicago with Matt Nagy. But now on the Philadelphia Eagles, they don't. Now, it's very similar. Uh, they're going to – a lot of the same plays, all of that. But they kind of let their guys do everything. They don't peg them to one role. So you never get a real good feel of going, oh, this running back's in the game. They like to do this block of plays uh, when he's in there. No, they. you don't know what they're going to do. They might run between the tackles with a Corey Clement. They might send them on a wheel route like we saw in the Super Bowl down the sidelines for a touchdown. And that's kind of the beauty of what Jordan Howard's talking about is he's going to be able to show his versatility and show more of his game uh, and, and, and not just the in-between the tackles part of it. Plenty of incentive to do it as well. Contract year for Jordan right. Howard, a guy who early in his career looked like a guy who was destined to make a lot of money. Now he's going to have to prove it this year in Philadelphia, a guy who has proven it time and again, Cam Newton. But we're concerned about his ability to throw the football. We reported, or we, we didn't report, the Charlotte Observer reported last week, and we shared with you that Cam Newton is throwing the ball again. Uh Ron Rivera not happy that that evidence came from someone snooping. This is private property, he said. Somebody came in and took a picture, which we don't appreciate. It's private property. He's going through the process of his rehab program. At some point, he's going to have to throw the football. It just so happened the other day he did. As I said, somebody came in and took a picture. We really don't appreciate the snooping on what we're doing around here. My goodness, Ron Rivera. I Look, I, I don't see it as being that big of a deal. And I think the problem is when you complain about snooping, you invite more people to try to snoop even harder. 
mean, he threw a football. So what? Yeah. I mean, what what what's the big secret? At some point, he's going to throw a football publicly, and uh, people are trying to find out whether or not he's ready to do it. I don't I don't understand why Ron, who seems very even tempered to me, cares about it. Well, you know, NFL coaches, Mike, they're, they're they're private. They don't want anybody to see anything. They never want anybody to look under the hood and see what the engine looks like that way. You're right. It's not a big deal uh, that someone saw that. Uh, I guess you know, and I never knew this aspect until, of course, I read it yesterday on Pro Football Talk that this happened. To me, I just would like to know, like, is this something where somebody was sticking their phone over a fence where they could barely see? Did they have clear view? You know, again, other teams in football have security people all the time around the practice facilities so things like that won't happen because, yeah, you don't want some stranger snooping around all of a sudden going, oh, you know, here's the Carolina defense's new blitz they've been working on all offseason. Click, click, and all of a sudden there's a video on the web of, like, some special thing they've introduced. So I think that's really what Robbie is annoying Ron Rivera more than anything is just that uh, that their their secrecy uh, has been compromised that way. And, and you know, coaches, they're crazy that way. Yeah, I mean, his comment is that somebody came in and took a picture. We don't appreciate because this is private property. I mean, it's on you to secure your private property. Exactly right. right. Because you know you have things going on there that are of interest to the, to public. the public. And if it's yeah. somebody in the media who did it unauthorized, then their credentials get called into question because there are strict limitations you agree to if you're going to have access to that private property. So shame on the Panthers for not properly securing the the facility, the property, to the point where someone who we all have cam, you have to be everybody's got a camera, right? Right? It's not like it's not like somebody snuck in their camera bag through security. You need to be sure that you have signs up, that you have people who are watching, and that you are vigilant about who can and can't take pictures. That's right. Period. And if it's somebody who's credentialed to be there that is publishing these photos against the directives of the team. Then they lose their credentials. It's that simple. So I I I think that he he needs to be directing his frustration at whoever allowed this to transpire in the first place. And maybe there's a reporter who violated his or her terms of uh, the credential that's been issued. All right, the Buffalo Bills trying to pump up their offense by going back 30 years in time to the K gun. Jim Kelly says he's been sitting in on offensive meetings as the Bills have been focusing on the things that the team did back in the days of the Jim Kelly Kagan offense, trying to find things that would work for Josh Allen. Look, I, I think this is kind of a neat concept, and I like the idea that play callers will look under every stone possible right. in an effort to find what will work. I always have a little bit of trepidation, though. Any time a franchise, and the Bills and the Browns are the two biggest defender when it comes to this, they, they, they keep former players a little bit too close and it gives those former players a little too much power. Yeah. Because if at some point Jim Kelly sees something he doesn't like and he decides to go public with that complaint, it's going to have a lot more credibility than it otherwise would have. Yeah, uh, that's valid. You're right. I mean, it, it does. I, I, you know, Jim Kelly's such a stand-up guy, such a lover of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think they probably gave him a little bit of this, you know, power or ability to be around because they knew they could trust him that way too. Let alone he's a Hall of Fame quarterback that was really awesome, you know. And Josh Allen has a lot of similarities to a Jim Kelly. I mean, a better athlete than Jim Kelly, but has the big arm like Jim. Is a big guy, fearless of standing there in the pocket. And I do. I give Brian Dayball, Sean McDermott, a lot of credit for this. You know, again, they're infusing the New England system. That's where Brian Dayball came from. Yes, and then, of course, I expect big. Josh 
jumps from the offense because it's year two of Josh Allen, the offense in general. You know, they got guys like Cole Beasley and John Brown there to help out the wide receiver situation. So that makes sense. But, you know, a guy like Jim Kelly, as successful as they are, yeah, I think if he hung around and, you know, they got in some meetings, he might be able to show them three, four, five plays or ideas that worked back in their time that, you know, maybe a Brian Dayball doesn't have a part of or never thought about, oh, I never thought about calling this play versus this coverage or doing it that way. Those are the type of conversations that happen with really good coaches, offensive minds. You're always looking to expand. You're always looking for the next thing. You know, if you're just staying the same, you're getting worse. That's really the, that's the mantra in the NFL. So it's cool that they're uh, gone along, you know, gone down this avenue with him. Yeah, I mean, I am intrigued by it. I just, I really, it all, and, and someone explained this to me years ago, and, and it used to be worse both in Cleveland and Buffalo where the, the former players had so much influence over the organization that, that they had external influence as well, and they could easily spark a revolt and get the fans up in arms, almost like what Eric Dickerson did sure. with the Rams a few years ago. Remember that? He basically got Jeff Fisher fired. Yeah. Right? Yes. He was just close enough to the organization when he got pissed off it uh, it resonated yes. with the fan base and ultimately with ownership. All right, uh, let's see what else here. Oh, our our good friend PFT commenter. I don't know if you're aware of this. He has a dog that is literally a news hound. And Leroy, NFL insider, every once in a while will have a report. And sometimes Leroy is right, and sometimes Leroy is wrong. Leroy reported on Monday that the Lions will be the next team on Hard Knocks. Now. I put on my my little hat with the the little press thing in top of it and uh, made a few phone calls, sent a few text messages. If the Lions are the team, that's news to the Lions, and they they want to know because you know you have to plan your your training camp accordingly. But uh, I don't know that I like the choice of the Lions, and I definitely know that the Lions don't like it if they are the choice, Chris. And this gets back to what we've talked about in the past. Why do they even do it if no one wants to do it willingly? No, I, I, you know, that's a fair question. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is a great thing. I know fans, my fr- I got friends, family members, they love it. You know, they love to they'll look behind the curtain and see some of those meetings and some of the interactions of players with players, players with coaches, coaches with front office people. I mean, gosh, you know, we've talked about it a few times this offseason already with Hale, Hale ja- I mean, uh, Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson last year and that exchange so we're still talking about it but you're right teams don't like it you know for the same things we talked about with Ron Rivera coaches are very private they don't want cameras in there they don't want distractions that way uh I don't think the Lions would be all that bad there's certainly you know some pressure on the Lions and there's a few personalities on the football team that are worth seeing but I do think there's just better options again anytime I hear hard knocks right now I just go gosh if it's not the Raiders the NFL is dropping the ball on this one it just seems you know picked perfectly for them uh, to be the stars of that show this year yeah, and ultimately, if you're going to make someone do it that doesn't want to do it, then then make it the Raiders. They're getting to move to Las Vegas, right? I mean, they're not in a position to say, we don't want to do it. Hey, if you're going to tap someone on the shoulder, then do the team that everyone wants to see on Hard Knocks. And, and you know, you don't want... You don't want the show to be about all the complaints that everyone has that why did we pick this team? Why are we seeing the Lions? We don't care about them. We don't care about the 49ers. We don't care about Washington. We want the Raiders. And I, I'm still I'm not going to be surprised, Chris, if it ends up being no one at all. Wow. They could take really maybe think? the year. I 
and we're, we're here we are on June 4th and we don't know who the team is. Yeah. I think that they're trying to convince someone to do it. And if they can't convince someone to do it, they may not do it at all. What we all cool right. about the Something- Lions? Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say one last thing. The cool about the Lions is, you, you know, it'd be about as close as a look as we get to New England, you know, that we've ever had as far as preseason preparation and things like that. I mean, Pat- Patricia is a, a chip off the block. And, of course, Bob Quinn's the GM. Both came from New England. They try to do everything that way to where it would be cool to see Patricia in that kind of way and see his personality a little bit and, you know, get to know why they're, they orchestrate practice or meetings the way they do. That would be the one thing that would jump out to me with the Lions. Sorry. Ultimately, if you're forced to do it, embrace it. Because yeah. there's an opportunity there for the Lions to, to let people realize, and their fan base particularly, where they're heading as an organization, where that culture change is trying to take the team. And I, I think that there's there's a hidden positive. If you are forced to do it, you don't want to be salty the whole time. I think you have to take advantage of the opportunity at that point to make this into a positive thing and to ensure that it's all positive video that gets put out there and you don't have you know, awkward exchanges between head coach and offensive coordinator in the meeting room like the Browns did last year. Yeah. But there is an opportunity there if you have no choice but to submit to it. All right. I saw this last night, and I, I don't know where this is going to go as it relates to the NFL. I'm intrigued by it as it relates to the NBA. Multiple NBA teams have done away with the term owner within the past year. That's a report from TMZ. Other teams have discussed making a similar change. Draymond Green, the Warriors forward, said on HBO's The Shop last year, you shouldn't say owner. The idea there is that there is a certain degree of racial insensitivity to it. And when you just rattle off owner, 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 it, it, it harkens back to the days when human beings owned other human beings as slaves. So I get the sensitivity. The challenge is, especially as it relates to the NFL, I don't know what other term you use. And, I, and I'm not being obtuse here. I'm not being stupid. I, I don't know what other term you use. And that's kind of what we're looking at now because you can't just say CEO because on some teams there's a CEO who isn't the owner. Right. So it's almost like you have to know the specific title that is given to each owner and use that title. But the problem is for a lot of these teams, the title is owner. So until they change the title, I don't know what to do. And and as I say that, I'm I'm very aware that, you know, I don't use the name of the Washington franchise because people say to me, well, that's the name you should use it. Well, I don't because I can still refer to them by saying Washington. I don't know how I can refer to and identify what the role is of Robert Kraft, what the role is of of, uh, you know, any other person who owns equity in an NFL team. So, I, I, I you know, here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen. There are going to be a lot of people who think it's the right thing to do. There's going to be a lot of people who think it's horribly a bad decision and it's the death of society and it's political correctness run amok and it's all these negative things. You know, it's 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 going to become a flashpoint for a lot of people because we can't agree on anything and people are going to be pissed off about this one. No, I mean, you're I mean, the first thing I thought of is, well, so what do we call them? The, the purchaser? Hey, Mr. Hey, the, the purchasers here for practice today. I, I, I'm i the same way. I understand. I don't like that either. I know. That I don't doesn't know what work what, either. Do we come up with a nickname? Do we just call them big money? Hey, big money's here. or Daddy Warbucks is here. I mean, you know, I don't know. You're, you're right. You know, here comes Mr. guy who signs the chest or tall stacks is here. Here. He's always got stacks of cash. Check signer. How about check signer? Check signer. Check signer. Sure. 
Sure. I, okay. I think I'm going to go until I come up with something better. I'm going with check signer. It's a. I mean, uh, I, I I understand the sensitivity. I, I I can understand both sides of that argument there. The sensitivity, and then also people going, okay, that's a little overblown that way. Uh, but I guess it's different. You know, you're owning a team, and there's 12 players on that team, so I get that too. I understand it. But it is going to be funny to figure or see what what name they come out with instead of owner. But if there's an easy fix, why not do it? Yeah. If, if, if that's the thing that drives yeah. me crazy, mm-hmm. when the, the whole the railing against political correctness, well, correctness, right? There, there's there's a, there's a reason to avoid saying certain things that may offend someone else, that may be viewed as insensitive. Shouldn't we aspire to do that? If all things are equal, that's the thing. As long as we can come up with an acceptable alternative, then then what's the big deal? Why do you, oh, political correctness run amok? Who cares? How does it affect you? You still get to communicate your thoughts. You're just using words that clearly are not potentially viewed as insensitive by anyone. Yeah. Why? I mean, you know, it's it's the 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 you know the the the, the rule that gets you through life. Platinum rule, golden rule, just don't be an asshole. That's right. right? Be nice Leave to people. if you need to. Right. But just don't be an asshole. Yeah. And, and, and if you – now, sometimes you inadvertently are an asshole because you don't realize. But once you realize, once you see how something may affect someone, then you, you stop saying it. You stop doing that. Now, ideally, you figure that stuff out without you know having to be told you're being an asshole – but I just think that's the safest course. Don't be an asshole. That's that's the best way to live your life. If maybe if I ever write a book, the title will be "Don't Be an Asshole," written by an asshole. Yeah, I, I, and who better to write a book about an asshole than an asshole? So yeah, that's, that's, you'd be the one to write it. That's for sure. I'll give you that much. Uh, but yes, I like what you said How there. How have we gotten to well this? Well said. Point? Well said, though. That, I mean, it's what I try to tell my kids all the time. Uh, it, it's about being nice. It's about how you treat people. You know, you, you can get a bad grade, and daddy might not be happy, but I'm not going to yell at you. If I hear you're mistreating people, you know, saying things that are inappropriate, then you're in. Then my kids know they're in deep crap with daddy, and then there might be some uh, consequences that, that come along with that. Well, uh, I, I look, I don't know where this one's going to go. I'm going to continue to monitor it. And and I, I don't know. I, I'm going to look. I've got the record and fact book, and I'm, I'm going to look and see what these owners are called by their teams. And, and maybe it has to come from them. Maybe they need to come up with other names, and then those are the names that we will use. But check signer for me is the only, the only halfway decent alternative I can think up right now but it's something we're going to continue to look at because look if if there is a question if there's a fair question that it's viewed as racially insensitive then why should you want to use that term yeah it's something that we should think about we should talk about and if there is an easy alternative why not use it if there's any chance it's potentially insensitive at all find a different word that's not hard to do it's a lot easier than complaining about it incessantly like so many people are going to want to do yeah all right that's it i was going to say time to take a break no yeah we're taking a break until tomorrow morning We'll be back tomorrow for PFT Live. Check us out all day long at profootballtalk.com. New Chris Sims on button, new PFT PM. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.